Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. A warm welcome to our audience. My name is Willem Klopper. I am your host. And in this episode, we will have a conversation with Mr. Philip Skepers of Apex Consulting to discuss plumbing and electrical work. We intend to determine whether or not unqualified electricians may perform electrical work. Also, what risks are associated with electrical work, and then of course, what plumbers can look for to determine whether or not electrical aspects of plumbing work are indeed compliant. It is important to note that, because of the sensitivity of the subject discussed in this specific episode, the information shared is not intended to serve as the alpha and omega of this specific subject. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, let's hit the brakes. We'd like to remind our audience that this episode is proudly brought to you by Articulate It Plumber. Philip, thanks for joining us and uh, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Willem. Um, my pleasure to be here and thanks for the invite. Herman, you, thank you. You've been in studio with me a couple of times before, but uh, again, thank you. Thanks for being here and thanks for your time. Uh, th- thanks. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to the discussion today. Uh, thanks for the invite again. Awesome. So just before I fire away with all of the other questions that I have for, for the two of you, I'd like for each of you just to very briefly introduce yourself to the audience. Philip, if we can start with you, please. Thanks, uh, Willem. Um, yes, I'm Philip Skepers from Apex Electrical Consulting. Been in the electrical trade industry for 35 years. I'm a qualified electrician with a wireman's license and master wireman's license. I also got my uh, professional registration with the Engineering Council of South Africa. And currently, I'm doing my own consulting business. A vast amount of experience in maintenance, training, uh, data centers, uh, alternative supplies, house wiring a lot. So yeah, all the basic stuff. Um, so yes. So, so anything that has to do with electrical work, you... Yes, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, to become a master in some of the areas. You know, electrical is a very wide, wide field. So um, I'm trying to get focus on things I can do the, the best. Well, it's good to know that we've got a knowledgeable person sitting in this conversation. You're an expert in your field. I'm sure that the expertise that you have will certainly bring value to this conversation. Thank you, Willem. I've been studying the, the wiring of premises regulations, uh, SANS 101.42 for since 1988, following all the new additions. I gave a lot of class in that for upcoming students that want to become uh, installation electricians. And yeah, that's one of my passions, to um, study the law and interpret the law. And, and share that knowledge. And share that knowledge, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Hence this podcast, yes. hence this conversation, <laughs> sharing knowledge. Yes. Herman, please introduce yourself to the audience. So my name is Herman Strauss. And I'm happy to be here today. Um, I'm involved in a number of things, but I'd say let's keep it to what's relevant to today. I fulfill the, the function of an audit manager for the PRB, um, assisting them in the, in the audits that get conducted um, on, on the PRB COCs. And then I do some other work. Uh, a lot of the work that I do is within the, within the plumbing industry assisting um, very much related to standards, to legal compliance. At, I mean, as you said, Philip, Legal compliance is such important. You have to study. You have to understand the rules in order to follow the rules. And 
amazingly enough, these rules seem to keep you safe. So yes, I can just add, I think it's, if I calculate quickly the last 25 odd years or so that I'm uh, fairly involved with a, with a standardization process, with the national standards, a process of writing, getting, getting that day, well, involved in the different committees including plumbing. Herman, I can concur with what you said earlier. To be compliant with certain requirements, legislation, regulation, as well as the requirements of standards, etc., you've got to know what you have to be compliant with in order for you to be compliant with it. So it's also good to know then the knowledge and the expertise that you bring to the table and to this conversation. Philip, I want to get back to you. You mentioned your company, Apex Consulting. Well, Apex Consulting, Electrical Consulting, uh, mainly, uh, we do des- design of buildings, commercial, industrial, residential installations. We do legal compliance audits for various kind of uh, industry buildings, uh, data centers, factories, commercial office blocks, mainly, with the legal compliance audits uh, for COCs, electrical COCs, and then also for insurance purposes and to get the client up to terms of the cost estimate to get the installation up to legal compliance. So we do... Uh, training for electricians, uh, practical aspects of certificate of compliance for the electrical installations. Uh, I do consulting in, in sense wiring regulations of premises. we doing awareness courses. Uh, our focus is design sign-off of electrical designs. Um, in a nutshell, what, we, what, we, what we're doing, yeah. Are you based in, in Pretoria, Johannesburg? Based in Centurion, yes. <laughs> Herman, I was going to ask you about the PRB and to tell us a little bit more about the PRB, but I can tell you now. The audience already knows. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just good to have a representative from, from the audience in the various caps that you wear, Herman, and, and, and like I said earlier on, expertise and the knowledge that you bring to the table in this conversation. So one of the most important questions is whether or not plumbers are allowed to perform electrical work on installations and repairs. I think... Uh, well, I obviously already know which, which direction Philip's going to speak. Um, but let me, let me start, and I think this is where the, um, where the challenge comes in for the plumbers. The plumbers follow the plumbing standards, and it's a legally mandated standard. The installation has to be in accordance with SANS 10254, and there's a requirement in there. The requirement says that when you install a geyser, the electrical installation shall comply with the wiring code. So a plumber whether he's allowed to do the work or not, he, he's got a responsibility to make sure that it complies. Mm. And this is, I mean, this is very much a big part of the reason why, why we're having the discussion. Yes, uh, Erman, the regu- installation regulations in the, in the OSH Act, Occupational Health and Safety Act, stipulates that a registered person shall carry uh, general control over all electrical installation work being carried out. So I must just focus on the installation work and we focus on uh, water heaters or geyser replacements. So there's two there's two aspects. Uh, a geyser or a water heater, as it in the code, is known as a appliance in a in installation. And under the electrical COC, the appliance doesn't apply for the electrical COC. The electrical COC focuses on the actual fixed electrical installation that the electrician signs off. So if a plumber uh, typically will go and replace a a geyser element, he's actually working on an appliance and is seen as a maintenance exercise. So, so replacing the element on the geyser is is not seen as electrical work. That's just, it's, as you say, it, it's, it's fixing me, the appliance. Yes, let me rephrase that. It's, it's seen as electrical work, but it's electrical. It's not a new installation. 
it's a maintenance it's a excess, maintenance function. it's a maintenance function and is fixing the appliance as well because the appliance isn't part of the fixed electrical installation under the electrical certificate of compliance so the plumber can do the maintenance on the appliance um, so yes that out of that seeing it out of that perspective perspective uh, I don't think um, there's an issue of them being allowed or to perform the electrical work on the so, so, so as I understand it, the, the electrician has, has in, did, did the original installation or original connection of yes. the appliance. And when a, pli- a, a plumber comes to site and he, well, disconnects what the electrician has mm. established and reconnect it in exactly the same way he, he, he did maintenance, um, which he is allowed to do. Yes, um, if it's if it's under a maintenance exercise, yes, he's allowed to do. Um, yeah. I think we need to distinguish between that maintenance section as well, um, because replacement of a geyser is also seen as a maintenance For exercise. Sure. Correct. But um, the one scenario is the guy, uh, the client hasn't got hot water. Plumber comes to site, he discovers the element has been um, uh, unserviceable. He replaces the element. He doesn't fiddle with the actual fixed part of the installation. He is performing work on the appliance. Other scenario is the plumber comes to site, the geyser is burst, old, old geyser, it's leaking. Uh, the outcome of that is to replace the geyser. Mm. Now the plumber must change all the pipe work, the water pipe work, because of new technology, the geyser looks different. And then he will obviously have to disconnect the earthing and bonding of the water, water heater systems or the pipes. And that forms part of the fixed electrical installation. Um, if, however, if he does it, he can replace it back. But then, at the end of the day, he must make sure that the electrical accredited person comes and verify and tests the, that part of the fixed installation, mm-hmm. and to verify it by a means of a certificate of compliance for the electrical installation, and say so we've verified and tested the earthing and bonding. And the, for that matter, the connection as well, you can also verify. So, so, so uh, again, from the, from the plumber's point of view, when I as a plumber get to site, I find that I, I have to replace the geyser. It's been bonded, everything. Um, well, I can do the work. That's, yes. that, that's easy enough. Yes. And I mean, on the bonding, it's, if I oversimplify it, it's a matter of undoing the bolts and redoing it when, yes. when I'm done. It's there, it looks good. But there's a next f- a step that has to happen, and that is the testing. That's that correct. has to be tested, and that is not something that plumbers get involved in. No, not at all. That uh, must be done by electrical accredited person, electrical contractor, which are accredited with the Electrical Contractors Association and that cons- um, as an electrical installation regulation qualification or electrical uh, installation electrician qualification as per Manpower Act. And he can only verify that installation by means of testing the earth bonding resistance. And according to SANS 10142 part 1, the earth bonding resistance should be not less, uh, sorry, equal or not higher than 0.2 ohm. So only accredited electrician can do that and, uh, and then issue the certificate of compliance on part of that electrical installation. So there's another aspect uh, because um, most of the the scenario comes a lot. The client comes and the plumber's replaced the geyser. Now he must get an electrician out. But he says, why? Now I must get a COC for the work that's been done. So 
but I've got a COC. The client says, but I've got a COC. Yes. So he's got the mindset that the electrician is going to charge him a lot of, uh, of costs to reissue the COC, but that's not the case. The electrician can only test that part of the geyser that the plumber worked on. Mm. So he doesn't have to retest the whole installation, and he can exclude that. He can actually mention that on his COC. There is place for that. Exclude, and it's only part there of that's been altered or worked on. So yes, um, the electrician has to do that. Just before we continue the conversation, it's time to hit the brakes again. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Herman, we were talking about the COCs just now, and, 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 and does it COC make provision for, for a plumber to say uh, or point out a certain aspect uh, of the insulation like the uh, like the electrical testing that needs to be done by a a person who has you know is registered for it and and, and permitted to do that, um, what happens in that scenario with the with the COC? So for, on, on the plumbing COC, remember the plumbing COC is a declaration by the plumber that the work I have done is correct. Mm. It's not a single document that says the plumbing for the whole premises is perfect. Correct. So the plumbing COC identifies the work that has been done on that plumbing installation. Today, by okay? that specific plumber, by the, that specific the, the plumber, plumber who is issuing the COC. That is correct. So I identify the work that I done. The COC is my declaration that the work that I have done is compliant. Now this is where the electrical side comes in um, into the picture. So yes, there are several plumbers. We know about quite a lot of plumbers that has got that, that is both a plumber and electrician. So so he can he can go ahead um, identify the work that he has done as he has replaced the geyser. Um, and in that case, when it is audited afterwards and they have a look at it, the electric, electrical side, everything is covered, it's addressed, it's no problem. But for that plumber that is, that's not electrician, that cannot work on that, he can identify that in the scope of work, in the section of the CSC where he, where he says, I have replaced the geyser and put it specifically, excluding the electrical connection or excluding the bonding. Mm. Um, that way he identifies what he has done. He doesn't um, expose himself. He makes it clear to the homeowner. And it's, it's also important for the plumber to inform the homeowner accordingly. That's because correct. the homeowner carries the risk at the end of the day. Absolutely. So either, either he can work with the electrician, get the electrician to come and do the test work, and then he can sign off the, the COC that everything has been done. If he doesn't do that, make sure the homeowner is fully aware so that the homeowner can... Get the electrician to do the the necessary testing. But I think getting back directly to the question, the important part is that definition of work. Explain in the definition of work what you have done and what you have not done. Yes. If you cannot do that part of the work, show it in the in the definition of work. Correct. At least uh, inform the consumer yes. of that aspect and yes. said. I was not registered to do that specific part of the testing. It needs to be done by somebody that is okay. registered. I think in the, in the electrical mm. side, I assume it's very much similar to the plumbing side where communication to the owner of the property is important. The owner takes the risk. He's responsible. Um, and you have to communicate with him so that he knows what he's responsible for. If you don't do that, then other laws like the Consumer Protection Act can... Yeah. Catch you off guard on that one. That one, yes. Just to add to that, um, 
talking about the consumer or the client, his responsibilities, the electrical installation regulations and OSH Act clearly stipulate that the user or lesser is responsible for the safety of the electrical installation he uses or leases. So the client as a house owner, it's his responsibility for the safety of that electrical installation. Now, obviously, the client isn't a qualified electrician. Hence, he will get a qualified accredited electrician out to issue the COC. Sure. But um, I think for the plumber or the electrician that works there, to carry that over to the client and actually inform him to say, sir, you are responsible for the safety of this electrical mm. installation. It's not me. Mm. You are contracting me out because I am the expert to certify that the installation is correct. But it still stays the user or lesser responsibility of the end of the day. And I think carrying that knowledge or that info over to the client will contribute to a much uh, safer installation at the end of the day, electrical or um, plumbing. It, it's, it's irrelevant, you know. So. Philip, is, uh, bring, a, bring across, a, you know, safer or ensure a safer installation at the end of the day, but also sort of changing the perspective yes. of, of the consumers out there. Because, I mean, I, I think that there's a general misperception uh, from the consumer side. And, you know, it's um, it, not necessarily a, 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 the fault of the consumer, Yes. But, but I think there's a general misperception, and I think it, it's just good to share the the uh, correct information and knowledge with. I mean, you're if you're the expert, if you're an electrician, share that information with the consumer. Absolutely. If you're the plumber, share that information with the consumer. Um, share the knowledge that you have and the information that you have to to give them the correct uh, information and 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 give them the correct perspective to view things from. Yes, absolutely, and the responsibilities. Who's responsible for what? Um, at the end of the day, if an electrician issues a certificate of compliance for that installation, and I assume the, the plumbing is exactly the same, that accredited person, the plumber or the electrician, takes then responsibility for that installation because he said, I verify this installation is safe. Obviously, until changes have been made and been proven so in the future. But yes, um, in fact, uh, I've mean I've dealt with thousands of clients, and I can maybe count on two hands how much clients actually knew that they are responsible for the safety of the electrical installation. So it's a big. I can tell big, you now uh, from a, a consumer from a consumer's perspective, I didn't know that. Yes, yes. yes. I think one of one of one of the things that we also find with in the rest of the plumbing stuff as well is at first hand the consumer don't understand the electrical work. They don't understand the plumbing work. And yes, it's true. There's of, often a, let's call it a negative rea reaction by the consumer when they said, now you tell me too, all this. Mm, mm. If, you, if you take the time and explain a little bit, spend that few, few extra minutes explaining to the consumer, we find that the consumers tend to appreciate that, tend to say, you know what? I never knew. Mm. I didn't know that this is risking my life. Mm. I didn't know that this is risking my children's life. Yes, it might be inconvenient that I am now responsible for this and this as well, mm. but at least I understand I can make an informed decision and most of, most of the time the consumers are appreciate the fact mm. that the information has been shared with them. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, another thing I can contribute to that matter of sharing in, uh, information to the client is that the qualified electrician or the qualified plumber on site He's a qualified person. Mm. 
and it's also his duty to inform. It's a it's a personal duty and a professional duty to inform sure. the client. Um, because at the end of the day, if I'm a qualified electrician, installation electrician, I can't turn around and say I didn't know. For sure. You know, and, and that concept um and people are tend to neglect that part of it, uh, not to share the info or to inform. Sure. So that's that's utmost important to inform. Um because then at at that stage immediately you're minimizing the risk for both parties mm. for the qualified person on site and for the client uh, would you say then that that brings uh, that's where the value steps in for for uh, the consumer to ensure that you know whether or not a service provider is registered with a professional body um, yes absolutely um, I mean if you uh, your service provider are registered with the professional bodies, you will get that uh, sort of assurance assurance to say this guy is accredited and he's of value. Just before we continue the conversation, it's time to hit the brakes again. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsitraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Herman, you, you, well, Philip and Herman, both, you both mentioned the word risk. So I want to get back to the word risk. Are there risks associated with unqualified electricians performing electrical work? And and if so, what are those risks? Well, uh, if I can uh, start with that one, there's always a risk. Um, risk is, is, is not um, a, a very old uh, friend of mine said it's not negotiable. It's always there. It's not going to go away. Um, I think the main risk uh, for a plumber to work on electrical installation, let's take the example again or the typical scenario, replacing a geyser element, that uh, there should be an isolator at the geyser, according to the electrical installation regulations. The isolator doesn't work, or he switches it off, and he accepts that that switch actually isolates the power to the geyser. Mm. But he's not informed or educated to test for power on the geyser. Sometimes these isolating switches does switch physically, but it doesn't actually break the electrical circuit. So there is a risk uh, performing that. And I think, once again, to educate um, plumbers doing that uh, uh, or to inform them um, on a further step just to test and verify that the power is off, that's that's one of the, the main risks um, I can uh, associate, it, uh, associate with plumbing plumbers working on geysers. Mm-hmm. Um, the secondary risk is that the existing earthing and bonding con- connections aren't com- not compliant. And um, Herman said you, you can put it back. It's easy to mm. take it off, put it back on the pipes. Yes, but it must still be verified and tested. So, and I think mitigating that risk is to inform again. Yes. You know, to inform the client um, on the plumber COC, write it there in, in scripture for the client. You have to get a qualified electrician out to come and verify and test the installation. So, yes, there's a safety risk for the plumber um, associated with that, but um, I think that we can overcome or we can mitigate that risk through uh, training, awareness making, all those kind of steps we can take. Um, 
So yes, but, but surely, surely the risk uh, exceeds just health and safety aspects. I mean, uh, you did mention that a geyser is a um, an appliance, and yes, and you know, incorrect installations uh, can can cause damage to the appliance itself, or cause yes. damage to the the electrical system of a of a property, or whatever the case may be, or to other appliances, and that is fine. That you know, that's that's. That's a financial loss to the loss consumer. The risk, yeah. So the risk just it, it it doesn't only include health and safety aspects, but That's also huge, fa- you know it it, you know, it it builds up to financial loss, um, appliance loss. You know, um, yeah. Just to come back uh, on that one, in my years when I did uh, residential maintenance, you know, you uh, the lady phones you and the stove is broken. You work on the stove and then. The day later, she phones you. Since you worked on my stove, I haven't got hot water. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there's <laughs> always yeah. a, a risk like that. <laughs> yeah. How do you explain that to the mm-hmm. to the clients? You know, so um, but yes, the risk is there of losing equipment, uh, causing damage to other property. It's always there, and uh, once again, I think to get a, like you mentioned just now, you know, accredited persons at uh, registered boards and institutions mitigates also that risk. I, you know what, I want, I want to link it back to something we said in the introductions and when we spoke about standards and how important it is to, to follow standards. Now the one thing I, and I have to admit, I learned the hard way as well, um, I learned to trust standards. Yes, there's often stuff that we question and that yes. we might not understand, but I learned to trust it because the standard, what it does is, is it covers your blind spot. Mm. You as a person might not know everything, and especially consumers that want to do the, their own maintenance and so on, there are serious health and safety risks that, that should be considered. Um, and it's the knowledge and the full uh, training behind the standards that really safeguards you, covers the blind spot, the things that you, that you didn't think of, that you didn't um, know of. Just remember that this all, this all we, I mean, you said it at the start as well, this is our topic. Mm. Hot topic uh, yeah. that's uh, been debated. Hot topic, a very sensitive issue. And, 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 and very it's, sensitive it's running for a few months. What what created the hot topic recently? I mean, it's a topic for a long time, but several months ago, I mean, there there was the the incident of a plumber getting in the roof to work on a geyser, and he he was electrocuted mm. um, inside the roof cavity. Yes, it's a nasty incident to discuss, but I mean, that is the type of things you want to avoid mm. to understand what what gave rise to that. Was it was it your installation that you did that caused that to the next plumber? Was it a homeowner? Who else could have been involved in things like that? Was it was and it the electrician's uh, uh, faulty yes. work? Yes. You, know, you don't know, but but that uh, that is also why we wanna. And if I say honestly, uh, try try to to put the focus on the safety aspects that mm. we do, that we're dealing with, trying to understand what you're dealing with. If you're not the electrician, you cannot work on that. Be wise enough to recognize what you see. Mm. Notice what is important so that you can call the attention of the homeowner to that, so that you can get out the electrician where it is necessary. Pay attention. I mean, we've, we've addressed something like bonding. I mean, if you get to a site and there is no bonding on it, make sure, don't just write it on the COC. Make sure you really, really talk to the homeowner. Mm. Make sure they understand the, the risk associated. Um, I think that's a, the big point that I, I'd like to go get across, pay attention, recognize, and then decide what is the most appropriate way to address this. Yes, I agree fully on that. Um, I think awareness for, for plumbers on 
basic electricity principles, um, especially safety and health risk, uh, like Herman mentioned now, inside the roof cavity or the ceiling void, what we call, these, they can be open wiring. There's a lot of uh, houses that's very old. Um, I mean, 40 years back, 50 years back, uh, there was open, open wiring only. There wasn't conduits and, and isolated systems. So that's a huge risk for, for plumbers. Um, it's a huge risk for anybody just to climb into the, to the ceiling um, or into the, into the the roof cavity. There, there are all sorts of things in there. There's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> believe me, there is. <laughs> you get yeah. some surprises. Sometimes you get the tools that another guy left there, you know. So you get a plier or something or a screwdriver. So that's a benefit. And the, and the hidden objects. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, so I think the, the big focus must be on awareness, making aware. Um, I mean, if I take my example, I'm electrical. So if a plumber comes to my house and I'm asking him, why does the pressure relief valve always leaks? And he explains to me, but sir, it's actually, do, does it work what it's supposed to do? Mm. Then I understand. Then I'm happy. Sure. And I think we must create that with the, with the plumbers through awareness programs mm. to educate them basic electricity, basic functions, basic safety, what to look out for. And Not making him electrician at all, yeah. but just telling him, listen here, man, if you climb in a roof and you see this and this, I mean, I've seen so many isolators breached out because the isolator is burnt. Somebody breached it out. The guy gets hot water and, nope, and he forgets about it. Mm. Things like that. It, it will contribute a, a huge amount to the safety of the occupants or the lesser or user, the client, and to the plumber doing the installations or maintenance. Plumbers are by law required uh, to inform the consumer, firstly, of any non-compliant aspect of the consumer's plumbing installation. Now, we know that most plumbers, there are plumbers who are both, uh, they have qualified in both trades, yes. electrician as well as plumbing, but most plumbers are not qualified electricians. How would they know whether or not electrical aspects of plumbing installations are compliant? Well, uh, I think to, to answer you correctly there, um, the only way to determine that is doing a visual inspection because they aren't accredited to do verifying and testing. Mm -hmm. So things that they can actually visual inspect, uh, looking at... Th things to look for. To look for, yes. Um, and then to look for and report. That's, a, that's hand in hand, you know. Yeah. I picked this up and I reported it. Sure. So first of things, earthing and bonding. From your hot to your cold water pipe at your geyser. Um, a lot of... In, we'll go in detail in that in the awareness programs of how must it be done at least. Because uh, a lot of... Bonding is done between hot and cold water. There's a piece of copper wire connecting these two copper pipes or, or galvanized pipes together. But there's no other wire going to the main earth terminal. So it, it's actually null and void. It doesn't mean anything. Isolating devices. Every fixed appliance, by stating in the electrical installation regulations, must have an isolating switch. For anybody to work on that appliance, to isolate that appliance safely. Mm. Just to give you a, another example, uh, gate motors. I'm... I'm tracking off the topic here, but it's a uh, appliance. So your typically CCTV alarm guy comes and fixes your gate motor. There must be an isolator provided for that technician to isolate that sure. fixed appliance safely. Same applies for the geyser. Wiring conditions to the geyser. A lot of times you will find that uh, the neutral or the live wire has got a little bit of a loose connection. 
and then you will typically see your wire starts burning mm. or the PVC around the wire starts discoloring. Then you know there's a hot connection, what we refer to. It starts hardening and chipping it, off. It, yes, it, it actually becomes work hardened, what, yeah. what we say. And that could lead to uh, definitely uh, home fires, which mm. is, which is yeah. At, yeah. Uh, critical, critical situations. So those are the three main visual inspections, earthing and bonding, isolating devices, and then the condition of the wiring. And that's a visual inspection. That it's a visual plumbers, inspection. You don't need to be an electrician, qualified, a qualified no. electrician, to actually look at these things and see that something's not yes. quite right yes. with it. Yeah. Um, plumbers. Plumbers can actually look for that. When they're yes. up in the roof, they're working with it, they can look for that and report on it, informing exactly. the homeowner of it. Yes. So we will definitely enhance an awareness program, you know, and elaborate on these three visual mm. inspections. Typically bullet points. Earthing and bonding, look for that, look for that, look for that. You know, Go mm. a bit more in detail, but it still stays a visual inspection. Sure. Just before we say goodbye, it's time to hit the brakes one last time. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulated Plumber on Instagram and Facebook, not only to find out more about the Man in the Band podcast, but also to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulated Plumber. So, Philip and, and, and Hanman, so we, I think we've, we've uh, touched uh, uh, quite a few aspects of, of how plumbing work and electrical work uh, are intertwined and interdependent of each other. You can't have the one without the other. I mean, there are plumbing aspects that are not electrical, but I mean, things like geysers, electrical heaters, and those electrical geysers, electrical heaters, they are connected to electricity. So, the, the two trades do interlink with each other and um, I think that we've that we've addressed a very sensitive subject um, that is still very that can still very broadly be elaborated on but I want to thank you for the information that you've shared today with the audience I think it, it would carry some very valuable uh, value or some great value to them um, so I want to go ahead and ask Philip whether you've got any final statements uh, to our audience thanks Willem um Yes, uh, I think there's just one thing that we must understand clearly. We don't want to make plumbers electricians. And, but the need for awareness is critical for both parties. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, more for the plumbers at this stage versus the electricians. But uh, the need for awareness is critical for their own safety and for the client's safety, uh, public safety. Sure. And I think, in a nutshell, that's what it all comes to. It's the safety aspects, like... Herman also mentioned uh, just now, you know, the safety. And then obviously uh, part of the safety, what comes off that is your um, property, your protection of your property. Uh, that goes hand in hand, you know. So I think that too, uh, the awareness is the most critical part. Herman? And oh, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry no, for no, that. No, that's uh, fine. You can just say And hand. by providing awareness, we educate people. And it will only have positive effects in the industry as a well. whole. I think that, that that is the main function, you know, um, not to keep for knowledge for ourselves, but to educate the whole industry um, and the outcome will be just positive. And, and in educate the consumer as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Herman, Thank any you. last statements? Uh, you, you haven't lef left much for me to no, say. Sorry, that. man. <laughs> but uh, it's basically no. the same. The, the one thing I would like to add, I, I think if you um, if you listen to this now and you realize and I, I don't really think I know enough about the electric. I'm not sure if I really understand 
Um, maybe I don't understand the details or so. There's a lot of resources out there. Mm. The most important thing I'd like to encourage you is don't turn a blind eye. Don't ignore it because it doesn't necessarily make sense. Mm. Knowledge is power. Make sure you understand, get the resource. There, there's a lot of places you can get information. Sure. I'm sure, Willem, you're going to, man in the van is going to have some more talks. Yeah, this. we're going we're gonna to have a couple, <laughs> I mean, couple of yes. more uh, <laughs> uh, podcasts on yeah. this subject. Yeah. The message I want to get across is, don't ignore it. Train yourself. Read up. Understand it so that you can better inform. As you say, we're not trying to make plumbers electricians. Mm. Um, but teach yourself. Get the info. Understand it because that way you, you, you serve your customers in a much, much better way. And you keep yourself and your fellow plumbers safer as well. After all, it, it, it all boils down to what you're doing is you're doing it for the consumer. Yes. And, yeah. and just adding to that, what Herman just said, you know, informing the, the client and about the issues. The actual plumber or the contractor is liaising with the client and he's building a bigger relationship exactly. up with that client. Exactly. He's and gaining tomorrow the trust, earning the trust. The trust and the, uh, the sharing. Share and trust is very important. So next week, the client's going to phone him again. Mm. You know, and, and Absolutely. it mustn't only be focused, oh, it's safety and this and that, but Focus on, on the whole aspect of the business as well. I said, I will start a new discussion, but I have to add to that. I mean, I've had consumers that, that spoke to us and basically made that comment. That the, the one comment they make is, why haven't anybody told us this? Mm. And then they relate to the person that actually started giving them the information. Mm. But I trust you. Yep. You're the one that were honest to me. You're the one that informed me. So please, why don't you help me further now? Yeah, yeah. Even if that is only to refer them to a, you know, a qualified person, another tradesperson, or yes, whatever the yes, case may yeah. be. Whenever but, but the next still, plumbing job comes sure. along, guess who they're going to phone next? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, thank you so much um, for your time, your effort, and the valuable knowledge that you and the, the information, valuable information that you've shared uh, with our audience, Hadman. Thanks to you, as always. Um, you've joined me on quite a few of these podcasts, and uh, we always make for good conversation and good discussion on you. So, and then lastly, thanks to our audience. We appreciate your time, and uh, we certainly hope that you you've uh, gained a lot of value out of this this podcast. We hope to see you next time. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio, Man in the Van Podcast, your regular audio drive time companion. 